This is the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, episode number eight. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Hey, Tribe, we're glad to have you back on this episode. And, you know, I was thinking back to when I was a student and some of the things that, that really got me excited. And one of them, believe it or not, was actually computer programming. See, I was the kid who would go home and get on my computer and I would create programs using the old basic programming language. You remember that, Casey? Yes, I do. Yes. And so I would go and sometimes with a buddy, the two of us, we would program these uh, these games and actually entered a couple of them into our district media fair. And, you know, I, I kind of think back to those times and how if I had an outlet at school, or maybe a group of people with similar interests at school where I could really unite with them and kind of use that to form our identity, how important that might have been. And that's one of the things that I love about this episode is that we get to hear from some kids who are doing just that. They are. They are learning on the go. They are using their skills to help teachers learn. So inside this episode, you are going to meet the fabulous Chrome Squad from Royce City, Texas. And these kids are just going to blow you away. I can't wait for you to hear the interview. Of course, we've also got some Google news and updates because Google's archiving the world and you need to know about it. And a great question from our mailbag. So stay tuned. So, Matt, let's dig into some Google news and updates. I heard there is something super cool that Google is mapping. When it comes to maps, one of the things that really amazes me the most is Google Street View. This is where if you pull up Google Maps and you've got your little yellow peg man down in the right-hand corner, then you can pull him onto the map and you can see things as if you were actually standing there on the street. And Street View doesn't just have to do with the street. And Google's taking it into some really fascinating places, and there's a new one. And so just recently, Google has paired up with the Ocean Agency, and they're basically trying to capture underwater landscapes in Okinawa. And yes, you heard that right. It was underwater. So basically what they do is they take this panoramic camera underwater, and they're able to basically record you know, the, the ocean and you get to see the marine life and you get to see all of the other stuff that, that you can see down there. And this is really neat because this is sort of an endangered area, uh, one that's threatened by environmental change. And so just to be able to show students this, you know, this, this ocean near Japan to be able to connect with them all of the, the change that's going on and the threats that it, it faces and everything, it just seems like it's such a good connection to so many different content areas. So if you haven't checked out Google Street View, this is definitely a reason to do it. Oh, wait, 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 Matt, because that's in 360. You know what that means? Oh, what's that, Casey? It works in Google Cardboard. Ah, uh, yes. 
Yes, Yay. that's true. Yes, that's that's enough to make Casey happy right that there. That does. You just made my day. Thank you. Very good. Yes. And so so you can check that out on our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash eight. And one other thing that you can find, this is just a little quick fun thing that you can find on those show notes too, is Google has released this thing called Quick Draw. And the basically the the summary on the page says, can a neural network learn to recognize doodles? So basically what this does is it tells you to draw something. If you've got a phone or a tablet, you can draw it with your finger. If you've got a computer, you can draw it with your mouse. And basically as you're drawing it, the Google artificial intelligence is trying to guess what it is that you're drawing. And so basically what you're doing is you're teaching Google's AI what different pictures represent. And so I just think that this is such a neat way to expose kids to the power of artificial intelligence and kind of how it works. And it's a lot of fun too. So that's available at quickdraw.withgoogle.com. And if you don't want to type all that in, of course, you can go to our show notes, which are at googleteachertribe.com slash eight. Today's Google Teacher Tribe interview is a little different from the ones we have done in previous episodes, but I believe it will bring a very unique perspective that I think everyone will enjoy. If you follow the ShakeUp Learning blog, you may remember a series of guest posts by innovative learning specialist Cody Holt, where he introduced us to the amazing student Chrome Squad that he guides teaches and facilitates at Royce City High School in Royce City, Texas. Today we are speaking with Cody and four students from the Chrome Squad. Hi Cody and hello to the Chrome Squad. Hey, how are you? We are doing well. So tell us who we have here today. Uh, so I'm Cody. I am the Innovative Learning Specialist here in Royce City uh, and I have four Chrome Squad members with me today. Uh, I'm Tyler. I'm a junior. Um, I'm Brittany and I'm also a junior. I'm Brian. I'm also a junior. I'm Caleb, and I am also a junior. <laughs> and I just realized that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> so hello, Tyler, Brittany, Brian, and Caleb. We are so excited to have you on here today. So Cody, I want to begin with you. Could you tell us a little bit about what exactly the Chrome Squad is and how it began? Yeah, sure. So the, the Chrome Squad is a group of students that uh, they essentially run our entire one-to-one program here at the high school. Uh, and it all started um, about two and a half years ago when they hired me for the position. And they told me they were going to hire three people, myself and then two adults, to kind of run our one-to-one. And then after I signed the contract, they said, psych, actually, you don't get two people, but you can use students. And so um, you know, I freaked out for a little bit, and then I really started to embrace the idea. Um, and so from the very get-go, the idea was not to just use students like student aides. It was instead to run it like a business. And so uh, from the way we select the Chrome Squad to uh, the responsibilities that we give them to the things they do, it's a very business-oriented. Uh, still doing a lot of stuff from Google to do it. So things like the 20% time, um, how we empower students, it, a lot of that's just borrowed from kind of Google principles. Uh, and so they do everything from running a campus store to our uh, our teacher recognition program to uh, our entire website, our inventory, repairs, the whole nine yards. They do it all. 
I hope that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, every time I talk to Cody, I, I'm just totally blown away and I, I am going to gush a little bit because I, I do have a special relationship and have visited Roy City several times. So I know there's some amazing things going on out there. And just to be clear, um, of course, the Chrome Squad is supporting the one to one Chromebook initiative at the high school. And Cody, could you tell us a little more about how you run it like a business? Because I believe you have meetings, right? Like department meetings and things like that? Yeah. So uh, the Chrome Squad, uh, each member is divided up into a different department or team. Um, and so those different things might be a, a department that does, they just write blogs. Another one does professional development. Another runs the, the campus store. And so those teams, they they meet together and develop uh, goals that they have to set over a three-week and six-week mark. But then they also meet with me and what we call our weekly staff meeting. So every week, we sit down, we talk through things happening that week. Um, they go through some training with me. They talk about uh, their goals and how those are going, what adjustments need to be made, uh, what they're wanting to do with their 20% time, and that type of stuff. It helps kind of push them forward to um, what they're trying to get accomplished. I think that's a really great model, and the students are getting some great experience in presenting at conferences. So you guys just presented a couple of weeks ago at the TCEA conference in Austin, and um, so you're getting all kinds of attention. And I'm I'm hoping this this gets you even more by being on this mm-hmm. podcast. But oh, yeah, definitely. So, so tell us a little more about how you use the Chrome Squad to support teachers and students to support the one to one. So so what types of things are you doing? to help them learn how to use those those Chromebooks? Okay, so that's a great question. Uh, so we use um, the students, the, the Chrome Squad, to do tech support for both the teachers and the students because that's kind of that, that first level, getting them comfortable, the kids comfortable with utilizing Chromebooks and letting the teachers have that really low anxiety level so they are more comfortable with trying something new. Uh, but then... They're also there providing online resources for students and teachers on how to utilize the Chromebooks, utilize G Suite. Um, and then we're actually just starting something right now in the beta process of that, and we call it our Chrome Sierra service. And that's where the students are actually working with teachers. So the Chrome Squad works with teachers to develop lessons uh, for their students. And so we are like in the infancy stage of that, actually starting – uh, meetings next week with the teachers, but the teachers we're meeting with are really, really excited with the, about the opportunity to have students working with them to develop lessons. Wow, that's that's awesome. This is this is such a cool idea. And so I wanted to ask a question of uh, some of the students. And being a part of this Chrome Squad, I bet is probably a learning experience, kind of like being in a classroom, but kind of not like being in a classroom. And so I wanted to hear from you guys. What are some of the things that you guys are learning from this? Like, what are, what are some of the things that, that some of the experiences that you, that you guys are taking away that have been really useful for you? I think this program has been good for, for teaching us a lot of things. Um, at least in my opinion, whether it's like learning how to use new software programs. Um, I'm on the video team specifically, so I make a lot of how to videos. I've kind of self-taught myself some help from Mr. Holt, uh, how to use, programs like uh, Adobe Premiere Pro and Photoshop to create really cool projects to go up on our website. And then it also kind of uh, gives us the opportunity to really, I guess, increase uh, our communication skills and learn how to deal with certain types of people in certain situations. Um, I personally don't have a job outside of school, but I kind of see Chrome Squad as my 
stand in for a job. You know, this is a very unique, I think, experience for for students to have this. And because of the the recognition that you've received and also getting to present and share this now, um, what is the the biggest challenge in supporting teachers and students? What do you see that as? And feel free, any, anyone can answer that question. Okay, so um, I think that the biggest challenge, well, one of the biggest challenges would be um, having the teachers understand that even though we are students, we can help them. For example, one of our other Chrome Squad members, he was on a call. He was going to help a teacher uh, with a Wi-Fi or something to that effect. And when he walked into the classroom, the teacher just looked at him and was like, where's Mr. Holt? Our Chrome Squad member was like, oh, he's busy right now, but I can take care of you. The teacher just looked at him and said, oh, they're sending students in now. I think a big part of trying to grow Chrome Squad is showing the teachers that, yes, we are students, but we can teach you. And I think that's just a really big thing that we need to emphasize because, I mean, even now, like not as many teachers are skeptical about it as they were in the beginning, but it's still something that we do need to work on, just showing the teachers that we can be uh, we can be efficient in that area. I think that's such an important thing to note. I'm so glad that you brought that up because it seems like with teachers uh, just sort of all across the board, it's really hard for us sometimes to let go of that control where we feel like we have to have all the answers and we've got to be in control 100% of the time. And just because you guys are the teachers, it doesn't mean that you have all the answers and I have some value to bring too. And that's, I think that's got to be such an important thing for us uh, going forward in education. I, I totally agree. And and let me tell you this, because I've been teaching teachers now for a long time, and they don't always want to hear what I have to say either. So <laughs> it's a challenge for all of us. And I really appreciate the fact that you have implemented this. Now, you're in your second year, correct, of the Chrome Squad? Yes, our second year. So are you seeing some maybe some of the walls coming down with teachers being more accepting now in the second year of, of students as teachers? I definitely think so. I think if like the Crump Sierra services come example, I think if I tried to pitch that last year to teachers, it would have been a huge flop, but they're starting to see the value of students and what they can do. And something I've noticed is kind of the culture altogether as, as far as how our teachers see our students has changed and involved as the Chrome squad has been there. They're seeing students as much more capable, and so that's changing how the teachers react with with just any student, not just with the Chrome Squad. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, a culture shift. I really like that, and I'm I'm sure that's affecting – how they approach everything in their classroom as well. So, you you know, I, Alan November is a big proponent of bringing students to professional learning, you know, side by side and learning that way. So I think um, we are getting closer to having more opportunities like that. And I think the Chrome squad is just, is, is just building that bridge between the teachers and students. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And uh, kind of along that same line, um, the the website that you guys have and the badging system is is really cool. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about that, too. Kind of talking about the website in general, um, I think it's been one of the coolest things to see develop over the course of this year so far. Um, I personally have worked around and tweaked things on the website, and um, that's where all the how-to videos that the video team makes uh, get uploaded to. So it's cool to see the website develop and change as the year goes on and to see how different it is uh, from the website that we had last year. 
it's just it's really cool because it's a place where anybody could go for any kind of help or support and there's so many there's such a, a wide range of topics whether it's a how-to video on how to use a certain program in your classroom or a blog there's just there's so many things on the website that really I feel like uh, can be helpful to a lot of people and I just want to reiterate that this website was totally student developed correct yeah, uh, outside of me just getting the bones together so they had a framework to work off of, it's something they've built. That's amazing. It's a beautiful site. Um, yes. I Have you looked at some of the badging systems, the, the opportunities that they have in there for teachers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's such a cool thing, and that can be so motivating for teachers, too. It's like, you know, you see badging in, like, video games, for example, you know, uh, people like to get different achievements and accomplishments and video games and get those badges. And it's interesting how that crosses that whole idea crosses over into the education world too. And I know that can be a huge, huge motivation for teachers. So I think that's, that's such a cool thing. And if you're interested, if any of you that are listening are interested in seeing what they're doing, we have links to the website and to everything it is that they're doing so that you can, you can check it out yourself. And that's all available at googleteachertribe.com slash eight. So feel free to, to go and check those out. Yes. And we have links to several resources there uh, about the Chrome Squad that you can check out as well. Now, Cody, you shared with me some statistics on those badges. So how many badges have been issued this year? It's actually increased quite a bit since we last talked, um, which is only a couple weeks ago. But when we talked a couple weeks ago, we had issued um, about 1,200 badges in less than a year, so about eight months. Each one of those badges is equivalent to an hour of professional development. So that as a ton of change in mindset and, and change in craft for teachers. And one thing that's really cool about the system the kids created, everything has to be student-centered. So when the, the teacher applies for that badge, they have to demonstrate how it's actually impacted their students before they can earn the badge. <laughs> that's I, I'm like I'm I'm doing the whole like Mr. Burns with my fingers right now because I'm so excited when you say that <laughs> does anybody know what I'm talking about like I, that's just amazing and that's exactly what we want teachers and students doing and it's so hard to transfer some of the professional learning into that I think that's what's been really exciting the badges were were really popular when we posted about that site um, on shakeup learning and I know so many many other schools have been reaching out to you uh, to create their own Chrome Squad. So could you say just a little bit about sort of the opportunities that the Chrome Squad has brought to to Royce City and to the students working on the Chrome Squad? Why don't you all talk about the, some of the students you've all trained, because they've actually had the opportunity to train other students. Almost once a week now, we have students and uh, administration that come in from other districts and sometimes even vice versa. And in that time, we uh, collaborate and share ideas and have a chance to um, essentially uh, cheat off each other for how we're going to uh, make our school more progressive with our technology and how we use that technology. Okay, so as we're kind of wrapping up here, since since we've got some of the students on the Chrome Squad here, I thought that this might be kind of a, a neat way to to kind of land this. Since you guys are sort of deep into this whole Chrome Squad thing. I wanted to ask you guys, what do you want teachers to know about using technology in the classroom? I think really the the best advice that you can give uh, when talking about trying to integrate technology into the classroom is don't make it something that's 
too forced. Use it enough to where it's effective without overusing it or underusing it. So it's kind of a hard balance to find sometimes, but uh, different kids have different learning styles. So it really just depends on uh, what class it is you're teaching or the the type of students that you have. You really have to kind of learn to cater to to your students and uh, play around with different programs and uh, different types of technology to see what really works best for your classroom. What I would say is to be open-minded because a lot of times teachers tend to not be so open-minded and that's what makes it hard on them to actually learn how to use the technology. Before I was in Chrome Squad, I did not prefer to use a Chromebook or any sort of uh, technology to do my work. And now that's the majority of how I do my schoolwork. Most importantly, though, I would say uh, for teachers, they just have to not be afraid. Just, you know, don't be afraid to integrate technology into your classroom. Just don't be afraid to come down here. Don't be afraid to come down to the Chrome Lounge and ask us. Um, you know, don't be afraid to Google these uh, programs and uh, any kind of lessons that you could use because there are resources out there for you to integrate the technology into your classroom that you want. You know, we've all heard the expression, one man alone can uh, only do so little. A group of people can only do so much. But I think a group of people plus technology can do anything. So ultimately, if you take that and be open-minded and know that people like the Chrome Squad are here to hold your hand, we're going to get a lot of progress done with this technology. I am grinning from ear to ear. I just want you to know you were saying all of the things that I wish every teacher could hear. I am going to use this clip, by the way. I am going to spread this gospel because this is so true. This is exactly what, what teachers need to hear. And it's it's so much more valuable hearing that from the student perspective. I really just want to make sure that I also mention a really special opportunity. I believe you guys were invited to Google in Mountain View. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell us what, what that is and how you reacted when you when you found out. Actually, a week before TCA, uh, our superintendent was at uh, Midwinter and ran into Google and they were talking. And uh, apparently there was talk of that possibly happening. So he, Mr. Worthy, came back and was like, like a kid in candy store, like jumping up and down, like giddy, like, you cannot believe this. And so he told me about it. So he's like, when we get to TCA, first thing you have to do is go find Google and go talk to them. And so um, went down there and I met um, with uh, Mike and Kevin um, from Google EDU and Cassie as well. And, and we talked they came to a couple of sessions. And then, yeah, we got invited to uh, bring the whole Chrome squad to Mountain View as well as to the Austin campus. So we're excited about that, trying to figure out how we're going to pay for it. That's so cool. That's one of those things that you can kind of take with you going forward. It's like one of those experiences you can kind of like tell your kids and your grandkids and everything. So I'm so glad that we got you guys on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been really good, I think, for any school or teacher that's interested in doing something like this. But it's also been for me, such an inspiration just as an educator to hear from you guys and to hear these uh, these suggestions. So to Cody and Tyler and Brittany and Brian and Caleb, I just appreciate all of you guys being on the show today. You're welcome. Yeah, it's been an no honor. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for your time. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. You You are truly an inspiration to all of us. Google Teacher Tribe Podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, 
go to edupodcastnetwork.com. In our mailbag today, we have a question that has to do with image searching on Google. So let me get right to it. This is a question from Kristen Mayo. She's from the Ayer Shirley Regional School District from Ayer, Massachusetts. And here's what she says. She says, I love using Google image insert when my students are creating Google Slides or Google Docs. She's got first graders and they're able to add images by themselves. But the problem is that sometimes you get somewhat inappropriate images that show up. So she wants to know, is there a way to turn on safe searching at the admin or district level? And then she also wants to know, is there a way to change settings so that students only have access to those images that are free to use without copyright issues? Casey, what do you say about that? Thank you so much for your question, Kristen. To answer the first part of this, yes, at the admin level, they can turn on the Google Safe Search. So so that will definitely help you. Your filter also has a lot to do with this. So depending on what you're using and what kind of settings there are. So you definitely want to talk to your IT department and make sure that they're aware that this is happening. And, you know, Google Images is, is a interesting place for first grade. <laughs> it, it definitely can bring up some things that even with safe search may kind of filter through now and again. The other thing I want to mention to you is instead of sending them directly to Google Images is to actually use the search that's inside whatever G Suite application that you are using inside Google Slides or Google Docs. You can go to insert image and you can actually click on a tab for searching right there. And what's great about that is once you go to search, you can actually get an automatic filter that will only show you the images that are labeled for commercial reuse with modification, meaning students have permission to use these in their their schoolwork, their presentations, their research, whatever they're working on. So that's digital citizenship baked right in. So there's the Google Images search. There's also Life Magazine photography that's in here and it's incredible i mean think of the historical images that we could get from life magazine and there's also stock photography so one i love the fact that i can do this inside the application because as soon as my kids open a new tab to search or go to google images i've probably lost at least another 15 minutes of instructional time so the fact that this keeps them focused and it's automatically filtered because to do a filter on a page just from Google Images, you got to know how to do an advanced search. And that might be a little much for first grade. Um, Of course, you can teach them to do that, but it's several steps and they would have to remember to do that every time. So if they do it inside the application, it's already built right in. So there are a few layers of, of security that you can use. And I definitely would let your IT department know that those inappropriate images are still making it through. Yeah. So Kristen, again, thank you for your question. It's a very good one. I know a lot of times if we have questions like these, there are probably others that are asking these same ones. So, and if you have your own question that you'd like us to address on the show, be sure to go over to googleteachertribe.com and leave us that question and we may be able to get to it on a future episode. Well, 
that wraps up another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking all about Google Forms, ways you could use them in the classroom and in schools, some best practices, some tips and tricks and all of that. So if you're looking for some ways to kick your Google Forms usage up a notch, then this episode will be for you. So until next time, looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power. And may the Googles be with you. I'm going to have to do this again. Did you guys know I was in school? <laughs> I went to school, folks. Oh, Chris, Chris, I Chris. was a student. <laughs> oh, dear. This is horrible.